Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Connie, for the, uh, the nice <coughs> words there, Al. Uh, I, I must say, I'm in my house this week, so there's, there's, I didn't make it out beautiful. Monday, but beautiful. It'll, it'll be a little, little quieter. I can make some car noises if, if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny, right? Like when they announced Paul Coffey <laughs> as assistant coach, uh, and the coaching changes uh, on November 12th. Everyone kind of said, really. Uh, what's his coaching experience? Well, it's minor hockey and the Spengler Cup and, and one year in the <coughs> Junior Hockey League, uh, which is a step, uh, we pretty much consider it a step below the Ontario Hockey League, although, you know, it's a little bit different because some of those players are going want to go the college route. But um, that's not a lot. <laughs> and you're going, it's not like the Edmonton Oilers are uh, a team that, that are supposed to be rebuilding and they've got all these flesh young prospects and you can work with them. No, this is a team that's supposed to be competing for a Stanley Cup and you're bringing in a coach that has very little experience. But the way Coffee has gone about it is, you know, I don't, in talking to him, I don't think he pretends to be the smartest guy in the room. He kind of knows the game, certainly, as a, as a very highly regarded player, a Hall of Famer. Um, and, and is a straight shooter. Like uh, he tries to be positive, and he tries to be frank and direct. Um, very, you know, his wish list for players is pretty. It's a pretty small one. He wants them to make good passes, make good plays, uh, you know, and, and be direct with with the way that they're playing. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a matter of just telling it like it is and. Uh, he relies on, on Mark Stewart, he, you know, a, a guy that has a little bit more, um, certainly a more recent player and certainly uh, somebody that, that's been, uh, has more experience as a coach than he does. Um, and so far, so good. I mean, obviously, the last couple of games have been a bit of a blip, but I don't think you put too much of that on the defense, quite frankly, even though there's uh, seven goals uh, against the Lightning, albeit two into an empty net. Uh, I think Stuart Skinner, um, you know, took the blame for that one and probably rightly so. Uh, and even in the t- in the Florida game, a lot of those mistakes in the defensive zone were made by forwards. Yes. If you, if you look at the goals, uh, on, if you look at uh, what happened on the goals. So uh, the defense has been much improved under Paul Coffey. And uh, obviously there's a long ways to go because this team isn't in the playoff spot and they're a game below 500, NHL 500 right now. But uh, there are some positive signs with the, with the way that uh, things have gone under his watch. Daniel, that bleeds into your uh, really good interview or your really good uh, article about Evan Bouchard. Some of it, Coffee talking about what he likes and on the defensive side, making good defensive plays along with the bomb shots. One of those bomb goals that he scored uh, came after two really nice defensive plays by Bouchard in the same shift. And that's, you know, part of the things about young defensemen is that they don't develop in a straight line, but when they... When they start to get it, and I think Bouchard is with or without Ekholm, but this year has been sort of started slow, but really improvement. We're kind of seeing Bouchard, not necessarily a coming out party, but I remember recently people saying, man, they should have drafted Noah Dobson. You're not hearing that as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, uh, Noah Dobson's having a terrific year too. So those two are going to be joined at the hip and, and two very young and, and, and promising and already, and, you know, very good defensemen already. Um, Part of the article um, was I had a chance to go and, and watch one of uh, Evan Bouchard's skating um, instructions this summer. And a lot of that skating was tailored toward um, his knowing that he, he had to take a step defensively and, and what needed to happen for him to do that. And it was kind of taking away milliseconds uh, in terms of his, his movement to get places faster, 
making better reads, things of that nature. Um, and it was just so, you know, having seen that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the way he ended last season, that's what made kind of the start of the year so, uh, you know, bizarre for him and, and, and the Oilers. And you mentioned Paul Coffey, uh, as it pertains to Evan Bouchard, he said, hey, like, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he told Bouchard that, you know, there's no bigger risk reward player than, than myself in terms of what Paul Coffey is saying to him. And, but you have to know when to pick your spots, right? You, you, the, the risk can't outweigh the reward. Um, and I think Bouchard's taken that to heart. And, and so there was that message and there was also kind of the, uh, you know, making sure you're starting on time. Uh, you can't come in 10 minutes late to a game uh, and uh, expect to not only do well and help a team or, um, you know, expect to keep playing a, a lot. So uh, two messages that I think went right to, to Bouchard's ears. Uh, but yeah, that you're seeing the offensive game has pretty much always been there. I mean, I know he had a blip at the start of last season where he wasn't scoring. Of course, he wasn't on the power play, the first power play at that time. But the offensive game is something that he's been known for for years. And uh, it's, it's the defensive side that everyone's kind of been uh, wanting to see a little bit more from him. From him. And, and I think, you know, he's starting to kind of show that uh, now as he, uh, as he matures in this league. You also wrote an article about an extra middle six forward or two uh, might be, wouldn't go amiss for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, Dylan Holloway, as you mentioned, is a guy almost, you know, here. But the Connor Brown experiment so far hasn't worked. We know that based on what we're seeing tonight for the lineups, or at least the projected lineups. Evander Kane isn't 100%. And it's, you know, I know part of it is the cap. Daniel, they don't have 23 men on the roster, but it's not a good look when you have to break up such a hot, hot offensive line as the McDavid line is to, to be able to, to kind of send support to the second line with it instead of moving somebody else up. Um, how, I guess my question is how, where would you put that in terms of goalie defense forward? Where's the priority among forwards? Is it the third priority or is it higher? Oh, that's a good question. And um, you're, first of all, you're right. I mean, Chris Malbach even spoke to it earlier, the fact that he doesn't like changing lines that are going well. And, you know, that, that Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, uh, Hyman line was, was going very well. And he's had to, uh, at least we think, he's, he's going to have to switch it up. Um, yeah, Dreis, Leon Dreisaitl, I know this, this dovetails into what you wrote out. Like, he's been in a major funk too. Uh, Vander Kane, of course. And it just, you're right, with, with Connor Brown not, fitting into the top six the way he was uh, intended to uh, when he was assigned. Um, they're missing a top six winger, and and really they might even be missing another one within the middle six um, because Ryan McLeod has, has really struggled too. And I, I know he's still pushing play. You know, he's got like a 60%. Of course, he has 60% uh, expected goals, but, you know, the, the real goals are, are a big issue right now, right? So, um where it ranks, I mean, a goaltending has to be number one. And, and I say that um, still really believing in, in Stuart Skinner. Um, they just haven't given him any kind of shelter. Um, with due respect to, to Pal, Cal Pickard, excuse me, uh, who is, you know, a, a competent, uh, you know, NHL guy with NHL experience. Um, he's not somebody that can play 40% of the games or whatever, 45% of the games, which is what, you know, Stuart Skinner needs, like he, he can't go out there, um, you know, playing eight games in a row or, or whatever he was, seven or eight games in a row during, 
you know, and, and credit to Skinner during that stretch, he played very well, but you kind of saw the the aftermath in that game against Tampa where he wasn't very good. And, and of course, everyone's going to have a bad game, but they need somebody that can, can push Stuart Skinner uh, for that number one job. It doesn't maybe have that, put, that goaltender doesn't have to overtake Skinner, but he really needs to push him. Um, yeah, there are some, there's some big holes at forward. Like I said, they, they need a, a, a top six, middle six guy. They need a depth center. Um, and I mean, defense for as well as things seem to be improving around here. Um, I don't think anyone um, thinks that this defense is, is set in terms of it being the type to win a Stanley cup. I think they need one more guy. So that's a lot of holes. And we know the cap situation, right? So uh, I don't envy management uh, in terms of the, the work that they have to do, uh, but they're the ones that, that obviously created the the, the, uh, the roster and, and mess, I'll say, uh, to, to begin with. So some work to do, and, and um, you know, March 8th is, is coming quickly. So um, it, it's, uh, it's there's a lot that needs to be done, and it'll be interesting to see how, how it all shakes up in the next uh, few weeks here. There's no anticipation of any moves being made before midnight by the orders and the roster freeze. I don't think so. I mean, stranger things have happened, but um, if they haven't acquired a goaltender by now, I don't expect it to happen, you know, in the next uh, few moments here. Um, again, we'll see, but I, I would put it as doubtful. The, the, the last 15 games or so, the defense has looked very good. Uh, I don't anticipate Philip Broberg returning anytime soon. He's playing very well in Bakersfield. Is there, in your opinion, enough value there? Do you think the Oilers could get enough value for Broberg that he might be a piece uh, that will be dealt here toward the deadline? Um, that's a good question. Um, are they better served to keep him? Or like, I, I think he, he wants to play. Like he wants to be an NHL player. You know, from talking to people around the organization, he, he I, I think he still would like that to be in Edmonton. Um, but, you know, I, I think the preference is probably to, to be an NHL player over, over uh, anything else. And, and that's, that's fair. Um, again, in terms of value, he's, he, I think he is valuable to some teams in the sense that, you know, he's a, a guy that was picked eighth in the draft not too long ago. Uh, has a really cheap contract given that he's on entry level, and, and there are some um, complications in the fact that uh, he does have some um, some bonuses um, in terms of uh, performance bonuses that could count against the cap if, if the team is an LTIR, et cetera. Um, but still, again, a cheap contract, a guy who hasn't done enough or doesn't have enough experience to really get a big contract or, or anything other than really a, a, a uh, a bridge deal on his next uh, contract uh, in the summer. So I think teams can value that. And um, what that would mean though, for the Oilers, I, I don't know. I mean, I think given their cap situation um, and the fact that he's not on the roster right now to, to you know, as a player to come off, you know, the roster and the cap, um, they're going to have to um, probably get somebody pretty cheap in return, at least right now. Um, and so you're kind of looking at, similar to like a Sam Rukoff for Koskin deal last year where it's, um, you know, um, change of scenery for change of scenery with two young guys. So how that helps the Oilers, I mean, if, if they want to get forward uh, in, in that deal, um, there is room on the roster for, for, for a good young forward. Um, in addition to somebody like Dylan Holloway, 
uh, who's coming off on IR, uh, off LTIR, excuse me, pretty soon. Um, so I think that's probably the deal. But in terms of what another team would want to give up for for a, a player like Broberg, I'm not sure. But I, I, again, I think it's it's probably like a a one for one type of uh, uh, you know two guys that haven't uh, performed up to up to par right now. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Uh, odds that the first round pick in 2024 is gone before the deadline. If they're in the mix for the playoffs, which I, they should be, I know they're out. They, they have a lot of games in hand uh, on teams. Um, I don't see how this pick is still here. I mean, this is the time to, to make hay, and, and especially when they don't have a lot to move off the roster. Uh, they're going to have to move something a la Tyson Berry last year uh, or last deadline to, to, to bring in a player. Like, they're going to have to move some money out. Um uh, but they don't have a lot of prospects uh, that uh, would be, uh, you know, eye-catching to other teams. Like the first-round pick is 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 <laughs> is the thing that they can move. And uh, you know, with, with Connor McDavid and Leandre settling near the end of, this, the, uh, of their deals, and this team being in a situation where they should win, I, I really don't see how you keep that first-round pick. Uh, so uh, I would put it at probably like a ninety percent. Um, a chance that that, that that pick is gone. So when you look at um, what's happened so far this year and the ups and downs of it, do you, th- like, I like the defensive structure for most of the time Knobloch's been here. It kind of faltered a little bit against Florida. It, it, do you get the sense that the team, um, like, recognizes that and knows how to get back on the beam? Because... Traditionally, the orders defensively have always been a little looser than you'd like. Oh, that's that's an understatement now. Um, yeah, but that was I, I kind of appreciated Knobloch's comments after the game, where very direct, um, yeah, very like borderline frustrated with with how the team played. I'm um, just saying they gave up the slot too easily. And I think Evander Kane even used the word soft in their own end. And and I, those words carry a lot of weight. I mean, you can't go to that well every time as a coach. But, um, again, I, I look at that that uh, Tampa game for giving up seven goals, again, two and two in empty net, for giving up five goals in the Tampa game. I, I thought they played pretty well defensively. Like, they were by far the better team in that game. So you're really looking at a – at least right now, a one-off. So if you're the Oilers and, and you've got a pretty tough road trip heading into the break, um, you're looking to kind of change that pretty quickly. And I, I think they can. Um, I, I don't see, based on the previous, um, we'll say even nine games before that loss um, um, on ta- uh, or on the weekend, if it was Saturday, um, I don't see any reason why they can't go, get back to that. And so that that's going to be a huge, um, uh, a huge, uh, you know, uh, of, of major importance to this team. But I, I, I do think they can do it. I know that would be uh, atypical of the, of the Oilers um, in terms of uh, having sound defensive play for a long time. But I do think that um, they have the means uh, in, and the ability in them to, to get it done. All right. Enjoy the holiday, sir. <laughs> 